Your scriptures today will be reading from Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 15. Verses 6 through 15. I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. I'll be reading today from the New Revised Standard Version, which will also be on your screen. And just every now and then, uh, you'll notice that the sentence starts with the word they. Sometimes the New Revised Standard Version doesn't tell you what these pronouns refer to. They, in this case, is going to refer to Paul, likely Luke, and his other missionary uh, group who are traveling at this time. So it'll be Paul and likely Luke and others. So I invite you to hear this passage. They went through the region of Phrygia, you know, as we all do sometimes. Uh, They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come opposite Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision And there stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. So we set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. And that's just tracing the journey into Macedonia into Philippi, which the Bible says, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul, and when she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen and amen. The word is impact. Impact. Impact happens when a powerful force collides with another thing, and then it causes a ripple effect outward from there. Now, you might initially think of impact as maybe a negative thing, like uh, the impact of a punch that, if you're watching in slow motion, will make your cheeks do this, or the impact uh, of a car, or the impact of a meteor. But today we're talking about positive impact, the impact that we can have that changes things for the better. There are people in your life who have impacted you and have been powerful forces in your life, and their impact has made your life different and better. Who are those people for you? Think about that. Who has come into your life as a powerful force that impact, impacted and changed your life? 
I think of a couple. I mean, today is Mother's Day, so I imagine that many of you who are good, good children in your own right are thinking of your mothers and your grandmothers first and foremost, and, or maybe those other women who took a motherly role in your life that may not have been your mother or even mothers at all, but they fulfilled a wonderful role in your life. I think about uh, my own mother had an impact on me, especially early on when she was a a single teenager um, who made bold and courageous choices. One, that I would be allowed to be alive. Two, uh, that she would work very hard and diligently, though everything was against her, to make sure that we ended up in an environment that was conducive to growth and life. And I'm thankful. That was a powerful impact before I even could know it aunts and uncles and things like that. I think about uh, Amanda, who has impacted me since I was 15 years old. Uh, Part of the genesis of my faith involves Amanda, and now very thankful for her, for you, uh, for being a mother to our children. I'm thankful. There's a woman named Betty I have to tell you about really quickly. Uh, A woman named Betty. If I've told you about Betty, forgive me. I just love her so much. I just want to talk about her. Betty was 75 years old when I met her. Uh, it was in college. This has been some years ago now. And uh, the church that I was going to was looking for a youth intern, uh, which means that you do a lot of work for very little pay, but it goes on your resume and you get experience. Uh, but anyway, so I was selected to do that. And one of the benefits was we'll let you have, give you a place to stay over the summer between dorms. And guess what? You're going to go stay over at Betty's house. I'd never met Betty. Betty never met me. But there I come with my bags of stuff over to Betty's house. 75 years old, Betty opens her home to me that summer and actually onward for another uh, six to eight months. And there, uh, she had a, just a powerful impact in, in my life. She loved the Lord in, in really deep ways. You know the difference between loving the Lord because you know how to say the right words and somebody who loves the Lord and you can just feel it emanate from the core of their being. That's how she loved the Lord. And she'd been through so much and just was so faithful And she impacted my life. She taught me. She guided me. uh, She spent time with me. And then shortly thereafter, this is probably four years or so, she was about 78 or 79, Betty started on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock a college Bible study and small group and in her home. And within a few months, there were 25 or so, sometimes up to 30 college students coming to Betty's house uh, for fellowship and to be poured into and to learn, learn the scriptures. And Betty continues to be a powerful impact in my life. She's not my mother, but did she not fulfill a, a role uh, and share motherly love with me and so many other college students? And the other, the hidden um, moral of that story is that you can never retire from service to the kingdom of God. God wants to use all of us no matter our age and stage in life. Who are these people for you? Who are they for you? When we use God's gifts to make a powerful and positive impact, the ripples spread. And they can, in fact, as we'll see today, spread through generations of people. Today's scripture reading is, uh, among other things, the story of a woman named Lydia. Lydia is a woman who makes impact. In fact, you probably don't know this at all, but Lydia has impacted you. How many of you ever met Lydia? Nope sure didn't, but Lydia has had an impact on you in at least two ways. For one, her influence is felt in three different books of the New Testament. If you've read the book of Philippians, for example, you have felt Lydia's 
influence. You have been impacted by her. Because the first Christian church in Philippi likely began in her house. And so when Paul writes to those Christian Philippians, he's writing to a people who have been impacted and influenced by Lydia's life and ministry. So much so that he says these kinds of things in the book of Philippians. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He says, I have you in my heart. I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. That's the impact that Lydia had in the church in Philippi and now into the book of Philippians that many of you have read and been blessed by. In fact, also, her hometown of Thyatira, which is over in Asia, it becomes a famous church. It's written about and mentioned in the book of Revelation. So if you've ever read this story, which, guess what, you just heard it, if you've ever been blessed by the book of Philippians or ever by anything from uh, the stories and book of Revelation, then you've been impacted in one way by Lydia's life and ministry. But even bigger than that, I can go as far as to say I don't think any of us would be here today at all if it was not for Lydia. You see, Lydia was the first Christian convert, at least that we know about, in the continent of Europe. This is the first time that Paul's missionary journeys have taken him into Europe uh, there in Philippi. And she's a key player then because Philippi, it's a big commercial city. It becomes this launching point off into the whole continent for faith to spread. The very fact that the people who first came to America to spread our faith and spread our faith to us, the very reason that they had faith at all is because they came from the continent of Europe, which had Christianity because Lydia was faithful, started a church in her home, and impacted the rest of the world. Y'all following with me? So we ourselves have been impacted by this woman. She is a woman of impact. And so what was it about Lydia's life that was so uh, impactful that it would affect so many people, even us thousands of years later? What is it that you and I can learn from this amazing woman that might help us have a positive impact in the lives of other people, and for the kingdom of God. So to answer those questions, we'll kind of start at the beginning uh, to see how God was at work weaving this story together. So we know a few things about Lydia before she became Bible famous, before she was published in the Word of God. We know a few things about her. We know from this short passage that she sold purple fabric. Woohoo, right? That seems, doesn't it seem like you should diversify your inventory a little bit? Some of you folks run businesses and know how to sell things. Not everybody wants the same thing all the time. She should diversify, right? But this is purple fabric in the time in which we're talking about was an extremely rare and expensive commodity because the dyes that it took to make the color purple uh, it usually came from marine life and were hard to extract. It came in very small quantities. So purple fabric was an expensive and rare commodity. Now, her hometown in Thyatira, which is in Asia, had actually developed a way uh, to make it a little bit more on the cheap. And guess what? She's got a, a, a line in to some great commercial success. So she takes this strategy and she moves on over to Philippi. So we know about her and what she does. Over in Philippi is a big commercial city. You want to sell something, you take it into the city. There are a bunch of rich bigwig folks who wanted to get their hands on some purple fabric. There's nothing like wearing your money, right? Hey, that's really expensive. It's so expensive, and I have so much money that I can just wear it and show you. And so she's making a killing, so to speak, very profitable there in Philippi. 
So we know that about her. We also know from this text that uh, she was a Jewish believer, really a Gentile converted into Judaism and faithful in her practice because we know that she was attending those prayer meetings and she was uh, lifted out and called in the scripture a follower of God, which was a way that they would describe, the scripture would describe Jewish converts in many ways. So to put all this together, here's what we know. Lydia was a woman of wealth. She was a woman of success. She was a woman of church. That all sounds great, right? That's like the dream of what we want for for everybody, to be uh, wealthy, successful, and to be in church. That's great. That's what we all want for everybody to be. By our cultural definitions, she would just be the top of the pyramid. But you need to know this. Success means very little when it comes to impacting other people. The standards of success that that we uh, are influenced by and the culture around us do not equal meaning and do not equal impact in the lives of other people. In fact, the fact that she is wealthy, successful, and at least outwardly religious has nothing to do with what she's able to do. It's just a platform for God to use her. It's not those things. It's not those things that make her a powerful woman of impact. Lydia's story reminds us that God has something more in store for our lives than being happy, employed, and liked. I mean, those are things we want, at least, you know, you want those for our children. I want you to be happy. I want you to have a job so you can move out of here someday, and I want you to be, to be liked, right? You know, we think about those things. But the story shows us that God has so much more in store for us than just those things that there's deeper things, that God might want us to be deeply faithful to him in our most vulnerable and intimate parts of our lives, that God might want to use us to change and affect the lives of other people, that God might want to use us to impact the world around us. You see, those are the values with which Lydia makes an impact. Sure, she's successful before the story starts, but if what happened next did not happen, we wouldn't know anything about her. We would know nothing about her. She would have faded into the annals of history except for this one thing. She was impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. There, uh, down by the river, maybe Chris Farley was there, I don't know, down by the river is a prayer meeting. I'm not going to keep going on that because I really like that whole down by the river thing, but Um, there's a prayer meeting and Paul and it's likely Luke and some others go there and they find women there praying and they share the story of Jesus Christ and there Lydia gives her life to Jesus Christ. She is baptized. She has her family, her household baptized. It's there, that moment where she hears the story and receives the grace of Jesus Christ and the gospel of life. It's there where her impact begins. It's interesting how they even got to that point. I don't know if you could follow along with all of the uh, Greek place names along the way, but the basic story is, is this. Paul wants to go into Asia. They've been spreading the gospel all over the places that they know. Now they want to go into Asia. Jesus said, take the gospel into all the world, right? So I want to go into Asia. And they keep trying to get into Asia. I want to get in there. And every turn, they just can't get in it. They can't get in there. Something happens. There's shipwrecks. They can't get in there. <clears throat> At one point, the Bible says, that the Spirit prevented them from going into Asia. 
So they're trying and they can't get there. They can't get into these ancient cities to preach the gospel. And then Paul has a vision and a dream of a guy who says, hey, come to Macedonia. This is that region, Greece and north of Greece uh, in the continent of Europe. Come over here. Paul says, fine, if I can't get into Asia, I'm going to come over here. And it's then he meets a woman from Asia. A woman from Thyatira who came into Philippi to make a living. And it's very interesting that Paul couldn't get into Asia, but God has orchestrated this moment, this chance meeting. What are the chances that a woman from the place that Paul wants to minister to is going to be in this place at this time to receive the word of God? A woman uh, from Thyatira in Asia and Paul wandering around wherever he's told to go, the chances of them meeting are not what I would call coincidence. I know that one of our Sunday school classes studied coincidence recently. I would call that providence, uh, uh, providing of God. That whether we know it or not, that God may be uh, laying a groundwork and a path forward for us uh, to maybe meet somebody or have an experience that would impact our lives for the greatest good. What are the chances? And part of what I need to tell you today is that, is that God is working in those circumstances for you that you might not see it happening because we can't see the, the chessboard the same way that God sees it. But, but God is, is always working by his grace to orchestrate ways for us to experience and know the love of God in Jesus Christ, uh, to grow in faith and to grow more and more into what he would have us to be. And I'm so thankful that happened in this story because now they're at the same place at the same time and Lydia begins, this is her ground zero, She begins a life of impact by giving her life to the Lord. And do you know what the first thing that she does? There's only a few short sentences about this in the Bible, but you know, the first thing that she does after she gives her life to the Lord is she takes her faith home. That's the first thing that she does. It says, after she was baptized, her and her household. That's the first thing that happens is what she is baptized and her and her household. She takes her faith from down by the river and brings it home. And likely her household in, in this time in, in, in the era would include her natural born relatives likely, but it also include those who are uh, a part of serving the family and employed by the family. So it would be a wider sense. But she takes that good word of Jesus and she brings it into her most hair down, vulnerable place. And that's where her impact begins. From there, the world changes. From there, in, in, those, in those walls, that's where things change. Because the church of Philippi began there. It began when she said, I'm going to take what I have been given and I'm going to go bring it to the people who are closest to my heart that I'm most intimately connected to. It's there that the Philippian church begins. And we know so much about the Philippian church because it's highly fruitful and effective, but it begins there. The choice of one person to take the gospel home. You need to catch that. It all began from one person making one choice to take the gospel home. From there, the world changes. A famous 19th century preacher, Charles Spurgeon, you might have read some of his work, he says this, He says, if the gospel does not influence our homes, it is little likely to make headway amongst the community. If the gospel does not influence our homes, it is little likely to make headway against the community. He goes on to say, true godliness has always flourished in proportion to the observance of family, religion, and devotion. 
He says, gather your children together and offer prayer to God in your own room. Every house, he says, every house should be the house of God. And every house, and there should be a church in every house. If you want to make an impact on the world, begin at home. Or in other words, begin by impacting the people that you have the closest relationships with. Now, I got to admit that that's not an easy thing to do sometimes, is it? Uh, you know, because at home, at home, like everybody gets to see like the best of me, which is, you know, like 99% of the time. But um, you have anything to add, Amanda? Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Wow. Um, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that, there's a lot in that 1%. But they also, not, sure, they, they might see us at our best. Usually we reserve that for others, don't we, outside. And, but they also see us at our absolute worst. You know, sometimes sometimes we are, are glad that our houses have doors so that uh, what, what, what we're like when we're in our most vulnerable, uh, let down kind of moments that it just can't leak out the house. <laughs> I mean, just to be honest, these people know us. They still choose to be there, thank God, right? But they know us. And so it can be hard. It can be hard to bring the gospel into those spheres and circles. They really can. Because, wow, your life has changed. Listen, <laughs> I saw you when. I know what you look like when you wake up. But it's, it matters so much to take the gospel, to take this good word into uh, our, with our spouses, our children, and our extended family, into our, our friendships. It's important. We can, make that, we can make that happen. We can make some commitments to make our houses, so to speak. If they're not actual houses, the meeting places where you meet with your friends and your family, we can make our houses a house of prayer. You can make sure that your family does not just worship on the campus of Glenville United Methodist Church, but that your worship is first and foremost done in your kitchen and in your hallway and in your bedrooms and at the dining room table and in the car and on the patio. That first and foremost, we know that the people will make little headway among the community and we're spitting into the wind if we don't first bring it into our homes and in our closest spheres of influence. That, that's a very impactful moment. That one choice and one action that Lydia took set in motion ripples that we feel today. It can impact that moment and reach out to change everything. Our church has a mission. We, we say it succinctly to make disciples of Jesus Christ. It's what we are called to do. And so we want to do that. We want to We want to change the world through the gospel. We want to invite everybody in to know the wholeness and the freedom uh, of Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do as a church. But our impact doesn't begin from this place. Our impact doesn't begin from this place. Our impact begins at your place. That's where it begins. This is where we gather. This is where we worship. This is where we learn. But if you really want to see the community uh, grow in, in relationship with Jesus Christ, if you want to see lives change, if you want to see this community grow more whole and holy or whichever community we live in, you've got to understand that while it might be nourished a little in this place, it does not begin in this place. It begins at your place. It begins at your place. And so today being Mother's Day, I want to expend, extend a special challenge and invitation to the mothers in this room you can have an impact on the world that can ripple outward for generations 
by ensuring that your faith impacts your family. That your place is a place of worship. That you, you can, uh, if you haven't been already, you can easily begin by ensuring maybe a few minutes of the day that you share from Scripture with those in your household. If you have young children, even if you have older children, it doesn't matter, let them see you praying. Praying with them, praying for them, knowing that this one in my home is, is a person of deep prayer and faith and let it impact. Serve together with those in your home. Your children left home and you have somebody left in your home with you and you can go and serve together. You can invest in the lives of of nieces and nephews and grandchildren. Let your children see you live a life that is changed because you have been impacted by the gospel. And now for those of us who are not mothers, I would challenge us in the same way. Uh, Some of the guys were like, hey, he's talking to you. (laughs) I want to challenge the rest of us in the same way. Make it a point to share your faith with those you are closest to. Don't let the fact that today I've talked a lot about children and houses prevent you from recognizing the fact that you have a close-knit sphere of relationships, whatever they may be for you. Invite them to know this amazing story of God's redeeming love in Jesus Christ. Let your faith impact those that you spend time with the most, those who are dearest to your heart. Let your faith impact those places and spaces where you are at your most vulnerable. Let your faith impact the people with which you are the most genuine and real are the people that you have the most opportunity to share your faith with. It can be a little difficult. I know that. But open those doors. Keep them open. Let your faith impact them. You never know when the Spirit of God will allow them to walk through that. Impact happens when a powerful force collides with another thing. Lydia, she was a woman at one point of success and wealth and prosperity. But then she was impacted by the gospel, and it changed everything. And she impacted others, and it's rippled outward for thousands of miles and thousands of years. So open your hearts today to the Spirit of God. And you too can become a powerful force for the Lord that can have impact on the lives of others even for generations to come. May it be so for you and me and all of us together. Remember, it doesn't begin from this place. It begins from your place. Pray with me.